anyone listening to this can relate to you on some level, right? And, yeah. and that is where growth can get like spurred. And that's where growth can really take place is when we are able to see ourselves in someone else for the first time and really make that connection and say, wait, am I using my labels as drivers? Am I trying to, pen- to manipulate some aspect of myself in order to get what I think I want? And then I get it and I'm still not happy. It can be out of love and not out of fear, which is such an important, important shift that all of the world needs right now is stop operating from a place of comparison, judgment, fear, lack, scarcity, and let's operate from a place of love and desire and, and fulfillment. Welcome to the Grind and Be Grateful podcast. I'm your host, Marie Wold, health and fitness influencer, coach, and lifestyle entrepreneur committed to educating and empowering women to become their very best selves. Each week, my guests and I are proving that with hard work and the right mindset, absolutely anything is possible. We are here to bring you not just inspiration, but also actionable takeaways that you can use to create a life that you love right now. We're talking all things personal development, including health, fitness, confidence, relationships, and so much more. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's jump into today's episode. You're listening to episode number 68 of the Grinding Be Grateful podcast. And today we're doing one of my favorite things. I'm sharing an interview that I did as an interviewee for my girl, Namaste Janae's podcast. Her and I hit it off on that soul level, as some of you guys might remember from when I interviewed her. And now you get to hear me being behind the mic or in the interviewee chair while we talked about some of my favorite things in terms of goals, our bodies, mindset, mind-body connection, values, and why simple goal setting just isn't enough anymore. Get ready because we're going to chat about the whys, hows, and what's of creating sustainable goals that are rooted in more than just the external value of our looks. Janae and I are talking holistic health way beyond the number on the scale or the tag in your genes. So let's release what's not serving you and elevate your state of being wholly and completely today. I can't wait to jump in and I know that today's conversation is going to catapult you inward and upward on your own self-development journey. In the interest of just getting to the good stuff this week, we are going to go ahead and skip the review of the week. But if you'd like to be entered into the review of the week raffle that we do most weeks, you can go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes and we randomly will select someone next week to receive a surprise wellness goodie from yours truly. I love sending out presents. So head to iTunes on your Mac computer or the podcast app on your iPhone. Find the Grind to Be Grateful podcast. Leave us a rating and a review and we might just shout you out next week. Without further ado, let's get to the episode and hear from Janae and I. Marie Wold, I'm so excited to have you here on the podcast. Welcome. Thank you. I'm super excited to be here. And today your show just launched as of the day we're recording this. I'm so excited for you. So this is an honor to be among the first. Yes, my love. Thank you so much. And for anyone listening, we just recorded a fire episode on Marie's podcast, which is Grind and Be Grateful. Check that out. It's epic. She gets me into some vulnerable combo. So we're going to do the same for her. We're going to repay her with a little bit of love. 
have on this show. So for those of you who may not be familiar with Marie, um, she's a women's transformation coach combining health and wellness with mindset and personal development. You may know her as Marie E. Wolf on Instagram. She's a community of what? Just a couple hundred thousand amazing women all working on their fitness. Yeah, give or take. Um, so I would love for you to kind of introduce yourself and give us some backstory on who you are, how you got to where you are, and then we'll dive into really what you do and the transformations that are within your process. Yeah. So just like the basics, I'm 24 years old, but I feel like I have a super old soul. Like I, my whole life I've been told you're really mature for your age or you have a really old soul. And so I don't identify as 24 years old, like in this day and age, we can identify with whatever we want, but I don't identify with 24 years old necessarily. Um, I live in Austin, Texas, but I was born and raised in the Midwest. So, um, you know, I grew up like Minnesota nice. I grew up also in the land of passive aggressiveness and not processing emotions. So I have a lot of that stuff that I've overcome. But as far as my personal development and like wellness journey, they're very strongly intertwined. Like I very much grew up having a lot of insecurity around my body, around food. I grew up just reading all of my mom's gossip magazines talking about like who wore it better or look at her cellulite or like here's her 1200 calorie diet to stay skinny and like all of these things. And so that's what I fed my brain with a lot as a young girl and I internalized all of those things as I need to be skinny, I need to be beautiful, I need to eat 1200 calories, I need to look a certain way, work out a certain way, dress a certain way. And that bred a lot of insecurity and just a lot of unworthiness. And that manifested with me wanting to really change my body. I mean, I was maybe like a freshman in high school when I went on my first diet. Like it started very young for me. And um, I was also an athlete at the same time. And so I was kind of stuck in a limbo between wanting to look a certain way and like be on a low calorie diet, but also fuel myself for athletics and kind of what we talked about during um, your interviews. Like I've always identified as being a super hard worker and overachiever, like I'll do the most. And so I wanted to be perfect in this like appearance based side. I also wanted to be perfect in this athletic based side, also perfect in my academics. And so I always put a ton of pressure on myself to like be perfect and live up to this ideal. So fast forward a few years, I had been working really hard to get a thigh gap and be skinny and like fit that ideal that I was seeing, you know, on like Tumblr and my mom's magazines and stuff like that. And eventually I discovered the world of competitive bodybuilding. So I found these girls on Instagram who were bikini competitors and they worked really hard to be muscular and like, you know, they were trying to my perception of it was they wanted to take up more space instead of less space. And that was like a whole new concept to me. And so I fell in love with the the concept of bodybuilding in that whole world. And so without really being informed or educated, I started eating like a bikini competitor on prep, which was like not a good idea, which I know now I not know a lot more about nutrition. But basically, I just wanted to be able to identify as someone who was very confident, very like sure of their identity, very sure of their worth. And that's what I saw in these bikini competitor girls. And so I, that became my next mission after I had like accomplished reaching like my thinness goals and like 
meeting my goal weight and having a thigh gap and fitting that ideal. And I was like, oh, that didn't make me happy. Maybe this will make me happy. So I started working towards bikini competitions simultaneously with also being a collegiate athlete, again, at odds with each other very much. But I wanted to excel at it all. I wanted to succeed at it all. And I felt if I didn't reach the highest point of all of those things that I would be a failure. So I was like, I'm just going to do it all. And eventually, um, I couldn't do it all. I quit volleyball so I could pursue, um, pursue my bodybuilding stuff. I did that. I rode that wave and I had like absolute tunnel vision. I was the model client, the hardest worker. Again, I did everything perfectly. Um, and I, I went on to the national stage. I like got top 15 at some point and I like as far as everyone else was concerned I had a bright future in the sport of bodybuilding but Mm -hmm. I had worked so hard and given myself so little break that I eventually burned out after that phase after that burnout I kind of I thought that it was a stereotypical post-competition rebound where I was gaining weight. I didn't want to go to the gym. All of these things that you see a lot in former competitors. Turns out I actually had an autoimmune disease that had basically been triggered by me putting so much chronic stress on myself for years and years and years. And it's called Hashimoto's thyroiditis. Um, So I really was uncontrollably gaining weight, feeling extremely depressed, fatigued, withdrawn, um, like no sex drive, just not myself, no ambition. And so that put me into like basically a year long depression where I was forced to redefine my identity because I was no longer the bikini competitor. I was no longer the college athlete. I was no longer the straight A student. Like I had graduated college. I had left sports. I had left bodybuilding. And so I was like, who am I? I'm not a hard worker anymore either because I'm depressed and have chronic fatigue. So what is going on? And that period was one of the biggest struggles, but also one of the biggest blessings in my life because I was forced to figure out who I really was without all of those labels, without striving to look a certain way. And for the first time in my life, I just gave myself space to be and gave myself space to heal and just go inward instead of be trying to address the outward appearance in order to band-aid the inward um the inward issues and so that led me into a super deep journey of like just self-exploration personal development um spiritual awakening i guess like i'd never felt attached to any sort of higher power universe uh like source anything like that like i kind of went to church growing up but i never really resonated with me like Mm. i'd be in sunday school and be like that sounds fake (laughs) (laughs) Um, so like that period and that struggle and coming out of that that was about two years ago now and that was one of the biggest blessings i've ever had because i was forced to finally face all these things that I was trying to band-aid with manipulating my appearance, controlling my food, like just curating what I thought would be the perfect life when in reality I was like dying on the inside. And so during all of this, I promise we're wrapping this up, but during all of this, I was also building my following. So I started my Instagram when I was like 16. I was in high school. I started it when um, it was really just starting out. Like there's no such thing as being an influencer or like having a big following was 10K, not like hundreds of thousands. And so when I started it, I really just did it to like track my progress for the fitness goals that I had set for myself. And I posted and 
garnered a following just by posting my progress. Um, and so I just kept growing and growing and growing and I shared along the way, but like now the people that have followed me this whole time, they've seen so many different iterations of Marie and they have seen me go from literally my old username used to be watch me shrink, (laughs) which is like my heart breaks that that was my number one focus in my life. And then it was like fit girl fuel when I was really forced or really focused on like clean eating and recipes and stuff like that. And then, and then it was Marie Wold fitness. Cause I was like the fitspo girl. And then now it's just Marie Wold. And I feel like even though that's kind of lame, like symbolically changing my username to just my name was a really big step. Cause I was like, Oh, my identity is just me. It's not like who I am in fitness or who I am on social media. It's just me. And so now I'm at this place of freedom and acceptance of like the good, the bad, everything that is within me. And um, I'm super passionate about helping other women with like their body image stuff, their food relationship stuff. And I am really passionate about helping them achieve their health and fitness goals from a place of self-love and not Mm. self-hate because that's what I struggled with for so long. Like every single goal I had was fueled by unworthiness and fueled by if I fix myself, then I'll be worthy or I'll be confident or I'll accept myself. And it never worked out that way. So now that is one of my biggest missions to help women transform from a place of love. Um, because that's the only, that's the only kind of transformation that will actually be fulfilling and will actually last. 100%. Wow. So (laughs) much to unpack there. There's so much, oh my gosh, so much golden nuggets though, because I think right now anyone listening to this can relate to you on some level right and and that is where growth can get like spurred and that's where growth can really take place is when we are able to see ourselves in someone else for the first time and really make that connection and say wait am I using my labels as drivers am I trying to to manipulate some aspect of myself in order to get what I think I want and then I get it and I'm still not happy yeah you discovered that over this lifetime already that you've already had right I mean I can look at that and I say that's a lifetime of transformation right within 10-ish years or so or a little less but um, because it can take that long when we're kind of going the road alone. And right. so now it's really beautiful that you have influence and you're able to show young women, hey, this is what it can look like. I mean, you don't have to do it. You don't have to go to these high, high extremes to get the deep transformation that you desire. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be out of love and not out of fear, which is such an important, important shift that all of the world needs right now is stop operating from a place of comparison, judgment, fear, lack, scarcity, and let's operate from a place of love and desire and, and fulfillment, right? Right. Which is something that you're really attuned to, which is so beautiful. And it took you a long time to get there. Just like it took me a really long time to get there. But once you're there, it's like, okay, I got to give back now. This is my responsibility now to bring this full circle and help other women. For sure. I mean, my platform used to be heavily predicated on just purely the way I looked. Like I would share my bikini competitions. I would share my fitness progress. And so I gained a large amount of my followers at the point where I had eight pack abs and I had like the ideal fitness physique and I looked like a fitness model and all of these things. And it was very shallow. Like I'm okay with saying that. And that's no shade to anyone who is still in that space. But I knew once I had gone through that transformation and discovered how much, (laughs) once I discovered how much more there was to, um, 
to life, like I knew that I had to share what I had learned. Like it was my responsibility to let everyone know that there's so much more to like who you are, your worth, like what life is about than just, you know, getting abs or like building your butt or whatever. A lot of my content used to be focused on. 100%. I feel really similarly because when I started my Instagram, it was just to progress, track the progress of my yoga. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I've went through so many lives and so many different phases. Um, and it can be shocking and it can be jarring and it can even turn some people away because you're triggering them in a new way. And you're saying, yeah. hey, this is actually what I want to be doing and this is how I feel fulfilled and this is how I can add value into your life. But they're like, oh, but I want the pretty picture of you with the six pack. I want the picture of you doing this huge split. I want that, right? And it's it's like we want you to grow with us and it's time right. to sort of move out of those old like old oligarch- oligarchies of like archetypes of like this is what it has to look like to mm-hmm. be beautiful, to be healthy, to be mindful. So I'd love to know kind of how you shifted through those societal pressures of, well, this is how you're supposed to look. Because I think for so many young women and even women my age, right, I'm almost 30 in the next couple of years. Like it's still, it's still relevant, which is wild that we have to look a certain way to be beautiful or we compare ourselves to other people's bodies. And now that I'm deep in the spiritual work, I'm like, this is just a human form. This is just the body I was given. And I was really ridiculed a lot as a kid because I'm really small and petite. Like I wear like an extra, that's just my body type. I'm tiny. I'm like five, one and three quarters, you know? And people would really harp on me for being little and um, you know, so I wasn't tall enough to go on the rides at like the park with the friends. And I like, I fit into kids clothes still. Like I legit could buy like kids converse and that like hurt me a lot. And so I know for other women, whatever shape or size you will always, if you attach to that body, right. As we are taught, there will be suffering no matter if you're tiny like me and naturally thin, or if you're curvy, there's always some type of feeling and negative feeling that we attach to as women. So how did you, how did you kind of maneuver that? Yeah, I would say two main ways. The first and most important thing probably was realizing that I was taught to hate my body. Um, My insecurities and my need to feel like I fit a certain mold, like I wanted to be, you know, like a leggy, wispy girl that I saw on Tumblr. And I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm 5'5", I'm athletic, I have a butt, like, I'm not built to be that way. Like I'm not that, that my body would not be happy looking like that. And it wasn't. Um, And I was just taught that that was the best way to look because number one, the media, like again, going back to Tumblr, this was like before Instagram was really big. Um, And then like what I was seeing in magazines, the way they were rewarding celebrities for looking a certain way. And even like my mom, like she, whenever I would go shopping with her, she would be in the fitting room mirror, like pinching her stomach and like, like, oh, I hate this or like, this looks so bad. And so I was never taught how to have a positive relationship with my body. I was never taught to appreciate my body the way it was. And I mean, that's literally like. I love my mom to death and she did the absolute best that she could. She didn't have anyone to give her a positive example either. Um, And I think actually social media on one hand, like I said, taught me to hate my body, but it also taught me to love my body once I found the right people to follow. Um, And the other thing is that I realized that no matter how I looked, I couldn't escape the inner shit that I needed to go through. So Mm. I had been 
you know, 120 pounds with a thigh gap. I had been 165 pounds, like when I was the most unhealthy and like when my thyroid was out of whack and I was like the furthest away from my highest self. Like I've been a college athlete. I've not lifted weights. I've like done yoga. I've done running. Like I've done all of the things I've manipulated my body all of the ways and none of them made me happy until I started working from the inside out. And so that was like a very long, painful lesson to learn. And I don't want other women to have to like chase all these different ideals and go like swing across the pendulum every which way in order to figure out the same thing that I had to figure out. Like, I hope that they can learn from everything that I have gone through. And by me just being like so transparent about my motivations and my methods that I went to and all of those things, because it's just, I wasted a lot of time and energy and I even like missed out on opportunities because, you know, I, I didn't study abroad in college because I wanted to have a productive off season for my bikini competitions, or I didn't go out to eat with my friends because I had to stick to my macros or whatever it was. And like, you don't have to miss out on life to find confidence because confidence comes from the inside. Preach. (laughs) So unbelievably true. We are taught to define labels as happiness, Mm -hmm. right? If I'm skinny, I'll be happy. If I'm curvy, I'll be happy. If I got a big butt, I'll be happy. I see all these like booty programs and I'm like, but what, what is that going (laughs) to do for you? Right? No, I've bought them too. Right. I am just the same as anyone any, probably any woman ever who has looked at another woman's body and said, I want that. Okay. I'll buy what she's selling. Uh, And then nothing comes from it or you get the result, but it's still not enough. Right. It will never be enough until you are enough. Right. Yeah. And I mean, it's a delicate balance because I'm all for women who want to like, if you have a physique goal. So for example, I'm like, I'm in a fat loss phase right now because I'm trying to return back to like basically my set point of where I was at before I got sick. And like, I'm, you know, I have certain physique goals where I want to meet them, but it's like, it's so different when you're coming from a place of love and coming from like, I just want my body to reflect the way that I treat it sort of thing Mm -hmm. instead of like, I want my body to look a certain way so that I can be confident. Because like you said, like having a big butt won't make you happy. Being thin won't make you happy. Having abs won't make you happy. Like there's no like arbitrary goal that's going to make you happy. And that's why with all of my clients, like when I first work with them, usually their first goal that they come to me with is like, I want to lose 10 pounds or like, I just want to get this little bit of like baby belly off or, you know, they like almost always pick out a specific physique goal. And usually it's pretty arbitrary, like 10 pounds or this one spot or whatever. And I'm like, okay, but why? Like, why is that actually going to make your life better? Like, why is that important enough to you that you reach out to someone for help because like I mean you know that like if you just probably eat better and move your body more you can probably achieve that goal but like why do you need me and usually once we get through the conversation of their goals and their why and I've asked them why about a million times you know like I want to lose 10 pounds okay but why do you want to lose 10 pounds because it'll make me more, more confident okay but why do you feel like you have to lose weight to be more confident and like it's a whole unlayering process of about seven different (laughs) iterations of why and usually it comes down to I want to take better care of myself to prove that 
I'm worth it or I want to be able to have more energy so I can show up better for the people that I love or I want to be able to um, follow through with a promise I made to myself so I can do XYZ. Like it's never actually about the 10 pounds. It's never actually about the butt or your thighs or your stomach. Like it's always rooted in like worth, how you show up and how you can like be you in the world. It's all so true. And I think the most important message that I'm gathering out of what you're talking about and what we're discussing is that you're not worthy because of an external source. There's no external validation that will ever fulfill you in the way that you're really desiring. You're not worthy because you're skinny. You're not worthy because you're curvy. You're not worthy because you got the six pack. You're not worthy because you got the man or the money or the things. You're worthy just because you are. Because you are existing, you are here, that makes you worthy. So how do you feel, and it's coming through so much in your messaging and so much what you're talking about, how do you really feel that like the mind-body connection integrates in order to help your clients or women achieve the goals that they want, right? Because if they're driving out of fear, it will lead to burnout. And if they're driving out of just the external validation, it will lead to some type of dis-ease or disease in the body, whether that's the Hashimoto's, whether that's um, an eating issue or disorder, right? Something like that throwing your body off balance because your mind is moving out of a negative place you know you obviously have experience with that so how do you feel that mind body connection needs to be integrated and how can it help people achieve the deep goals yeah i think the most important thing before you ever take action on a specific goal is like going through that why process of like why am i perceiving this as being really important why am i perceiving this as like a necessary step for me because if i would have had that awareness as like little 16 year old marie of like why do i feel like i need to have a thigh gap why do i feel like i have to look like the girls on tumblr like i would have been able to realize that it was like unworthiness and i would need to come from the inside out so i think the first step to like prevent all of the struggle, prevent all of the disappointment when you get to your goal and it's like not everything you thought it would be is to do that process of why and get really clear on like what your motivations are. And also is your goal coming from just a place of should, like mm-hmm. I should want to do this. I should lose 10 pounds because like all my friends are on a diet or I should look this way because that that's what my mom always told me or whatever it is. Like try to just figure out where your motivation is coming from and if you feel like you're doing something out of fear or doing something out of unworthiness or just lack then check yourself and like do not pass go do not collect two hundred (laughs) dollars because first of all you will try to do that and your your reason is not going to be deep enough or meaningful enough for you to a follow through like your goal and your why needs to be something that's like big enough to keep you up at night like you should have a big attachment to it to where when you even when you don't feel like it you're still going to show up for it and you're still going to show up for your goals and so you'll know when your why is like important enough to you you will feel it viscerally like it'll be a heart-centered thing. Um, And so that's like the first step before you even get out of the gates is to have it come from the right place. And then usually when I am working with people, I, I will ask them what their goals are in terms of like, how, like, how do you want to look? What are your physicals? What specific like muscle groups do you want your workouts to focus on? Things like that. Like we do get tangible and have strategy in that way. But typically when we start out, like all I'm focused on as a coach is how can we 
do fundamental self-care better in your life because fundamental mm-hmm. self-care isn't necessarily face masks and bubble baths. It's like, how are you nourishing your body? How are you moving yourself? How are you like honoring your most basic needs? Because that is basically you showing up and saying, hey, I'm worthy of being taken care of. Like mm-hmm. just I'm worthy of proper nutrition. I'm worthy of, you know, keeping my heart healthy. Like I'm just worthy of the basic self-care stuff that's so, so foundational. And so that is usually like the first domino of all the dominoes of evolving both body and mind. Because if you're taking care of yourself, if you're showing up and saying, I'm worthy of being taken care of, then that starts the cascade of like further development. So I hope that answers your question of like how mind and body are integrated. Um, because if you're not coming from the right place and if you're not setting the right groundwork, then nothing's going to work. Like if you're just forcing your body to look a certain way because of insecurities or whatever, like those insecurities are are always going to be there regardless of, you know, how you look. Yeah. And there's a sustainability aspect too. And mm-hmm. something that, that keeps coming to mind for me is the, the, the push. And I feel like, my concern around so many of the programs out there, right, is that it's based on like restriction and control and something that I have memory that I literally just recall that I have not thought of. I have not ever spoken about in so many years is I had a control issue with my body when I was like 18, 17, 18, when my dad had been diagnosed with stage four cancer and I was his primary caretaker. He had a wife at the time who was not from around here, couldn't drive, couldn't do any of the things. And I remember feeling so out of control that the only thing that I could control was what was going in my body and the nurses and things would take notice of it. I wasn't even conscious of it at the time, but I think I got down to like 78 pounds. Mm. And I I mean, I've never broken a hundred, like I'm petite, but that's another 30 pounds less than I weigh now. And looking back, I'm like, oh my God, that must be what is such a driver for so many women is your life is feeling out of control. You're spinning out. And the only thing you can control is what's going into your body and how your body's looking. So right. how do you relate to that? And what have you seen and how can we avoid that or overcome that? Cause that is scary. Yeah, I can definitely, definitely relate to that because again, I felt so insecure. I felt like an outsider, similar to what you were saying on our interviews. Like I never really felt like I clicked with any one friend group. I never felt like I was one of them sort of thing. Like, I mean, I just always felt different than everyone. And so I thought if I can't control that, like I'm going to control my grades. I'm going to control how hard I work in sports. I'm going to control how my body looks. I'm going to control the controllables. And maybe if I look perfect, maybe if I take control of what I can control, then they'll like me or then I'll feel worthy or then I'll be confident enough to like not care that they don't like me. Um, And so using food and exercise as a vehicle for control is really, really common, especially among women, because we have a lot of body image and self-acceptance layers like woven through there. And so it's kind of just this recipe for disordered eating and exercise behaviors. And I mean, I'm not necessarily qualified to speak to specific ways to um, recover from disordered behaviors, but for me, what finally just snapped me out of it was realizing that 
I'm never going to be able to control everything and that I'm never going to be able to have full dominion over everyone and everything around me and just understanding that like this is going to be a wild ride and like I should just buckle up um and also that just looking a certain way or eating a certain way or restricting or living from a place of lack it like even though it's hurts so bad and it sucks so much and it's like such a terrible headspace to be in it was safe because I knew what to expect Mm. and I knew what my day held and I knew that if I did xyz like if I ate this way I would lose a pound this week or if I did this workout I would like look like this in a month or whatever and so having that control and having that like security and safety as much as it hurt it like kept me grounded in a way and it's it's just like one of those things where you have to surrender and you have to somehow get like the self-awareness and the self-worth that like you are worth nourishing and you're worth honoring and you're worth the healing. But I don't think that there's any one way to like understand that. And like I said, I'm not necessarily equipped to like teach other women as far Mm -hmm. as like recovery goes, but I know for a fact that it's so rooted in the, need for self-worth and the need for control. Absolutely. And what are the tips or, or lessons or methods, if you're willing to share a couple with the listeners of how they can work on their self-care around their body or their image or the way that they look and how can they continue forward versus stay stagnant? Like what are some of the things that you teach that you feel get great results? And, mm-hmm. and you know, let's, let's give some like practical tips. For sure. Yeah. So one of the most basic things that I take my mentorship and coaching clients through is really getting clear on what they want to feel like and what they want their life to look like. So one of the first things that we do after we do goal setting um, is figure out what you want to do, be, and have in your life and what you don't want to do, be, and have in your life. And so I have them draw out a big circle on a piece of paper and inside the circle is everything that they do want to do, be, and have and everything outside the circle is what they don't want to do, be, and have. So Mm. for example, on the inside, like it could be, I want to be confident. I want to um, do like a specific career or I want to be a mom or I want to have abundance in my finances finances or abundance in my relationships. I want to have a great relationship with, you know, my significant other. Like you just basically cast everything that you want to do, be, and have inside that circle. And then outside the circle is everything you don't want to have. And having that very clear distinction between what you do want and what you don't want is always a really big wake-up call for people because they're realizing that what is outside the circle is inside their life currently and what's inside the circle they are not taking action on currently. And so that's always a really big wake up call and gives you the clarity to take action on the things that you do want. And I think having that clarity kind of inherently wakes up your self-worth as well because you're like, Oh, I actually do desire these things. I actually, um, I'm like aware of these things, but I'm not taking action on them. And I always tell them if you can imagine it and if it's something that you can 
like envision and put in that circle, it has to be possible for you. Otherwise you wouldn't be imagining it. So, you know, inherently like that is possible for you. So are you going to take that step? And so that is always the first step I give people for getting unstuck and just getting clear on what needs to happen. Because when you get clear on the the outcome or how you want to feel most importantly is like, I want to feel confident. I want to feel um, like in my element. I want to feel relaxed. Like, okay, how can we incorporate that into your life? How can we make that your reality day by day? And how can we do less of the things that are outside the circle that you don't want? And so I think really just finding that clarity is always going to be the first step because if you don't know where you're going, like, how do you know what direction the first step should be in? How do you get there? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that makes perfect sense. To me, what it sounds like is it's so much of a lifestyle integration. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really resonate with that because we are just always doing extreme, extreme things and we're always separating, right? We're separating our happiness. We're separating our money. We're separating from friends. We're separating this relationship from that and this friend group and that friend group and all the things have to be separate and compartmentalized. Yeah. But if you can integrate and say, okay, I want to live this as a lifestyle. I want to be happy and I want to connect with my body and I want to feel confident. And there's so many ways to bring that in, in addition to showing up for myself in my fitness or my health or my wellness or with my food and how I'm satiating my body. Mm -hmm. And that seems just so sustainable and so smart, but it's so... Not, not many people are teaching it that way, I feel. Right. Because, I mean, we say, okay, I want to lose 10 pounds. And when you have that arbitrary surface level goal, and so then you say, okay, what's the quickest, fastest way I can lose 10 pounds? And usually it's like, do keto, do a juice cleanse, like do a 30-day like spin class challenge, whatever. And so when you have that surface level goal and you're not connecting it to what you actually are craving in your life your path and your method for achieving that surface level goal is not going to be in alignment with what you want your actual life to look like and how you want to feel. And so that like circle exercise and the goal setting exercise that I already talked about, those together can inform you on what the process should look and feel like. Whereas if you don't do those things, the process is going to look and feel like the quickest, easiest way. And that's when we get stuck in the trap of quick fixes, of yo-yo dieting, of fad dieting, and doing all these extremes that keep you actually just stuck in the same place because they're not sustainable, like you said. So if we can have full integration of what we want to actually accomplish and what we want to feel like, then we know that the process needs to be in alignment with that feeling and that being that we want to embody And I mean, if like you can't have a positive result from a negative process is what I always say, because I always wanted to lose those few pounds so that I could be confident. I always wanted to have the thigh gap so that I could be confident. So I had all these negative emotions and beliefs fueling something that I thought would be a positive outcome. But I mean, if you put negative in, how do you expect to get positive out? Oh my gosh, hit the nail on the head. Like, (laughs) bulls eye, boom, mic drop. It makes so much sense. It's like negativity in the mind can cause inflammation or negativity in the body. And there's this 
beautiful relationship that is so overlooked. And that really has to do with that mind, body, spirit, or mind, body, soul, or mind, body, self connection, mind, body, heart, whatever you want to call it, whatever words resonate with you. But it's about that integration, that alignment of those three key pieces of yourself. And he said something earlier that was like, what would I be, do, or have? I always... I share this with my clients. I always do this myself. I'm like, what would my highest self do? Yes. Or what would she choose? Or how would she act in this situation? And it helps me align with the, you know, that person who I desire to be. And I'm mm-hmm. shedding the other layers of the old, the reactive girl, the stressed out, right? The go, go, go. And so when we step back and we give ourselves that space to look at and say, okay, well, what is the driver? What is the motivator behind me wanting to get my body in shape? And figure out really what that is. And then we can move from a place of authenticity and honesty and transparency to figure out how to accomplish those goals so that it's a real lifestyle shift, right? Like what you're talking about versus just a quick fix that is going to end up in negativity, stress, or trying for more because you don't feel like it's enough. Yeah. Yeah. And when you go from a place of love, you're also a lot more likely to continue to show up for yourself, even when things aren't perfect. And I think when you're going from a place of lack or negativity or fear, as soon as you mess up, like it's game over, you're like, oh, this, this isn't working. I can't do this. I like, I don't have any discipline. I just, I might as well give up because I'm like two days in and I already messed up or whatever it is. And so that's why, you know, like diet starts on Monday mentality continues to persist because we keep trying to do things that aren't sustainable, that aren't actually in alignment with the way that we want to feel. And so we have this resistance to them. Whereas if we are able to combine the end goal that we want and the way that we want to feel and create a process that incorporates both of those things, we have a lot more space and a lot more margin for error, which is really just being a human and in air quotes with that error. <laughs> um, it's just like we are human. We're going to quote unquote mess up. We are going to have like detours and we are going to get off track. And I use all these terms very loosely because I don't really believe that there's such thing as like getting off track. I believe everything is part of your track. It's something that you're supposed to learn from and grow from and experience. Um, but when you're coming from a place of love, you can take all of those things in stride instead of like, oh, I messed up. Oh, I'm doomed. Oh, this isn't going to work because you're just trying to do what's best for you. And so you will continue to show up and you will continue to try and try to take lessons out of things instead of seeing everything as an obstacle or a roadblock or, you know, something to trip you up. Oh, it's so good. It's so, (laughs) it's so, it's so beautiful. Really kind of shedding those layers of what your fitness or health or wellness journey has to look like. Mm -hmm. And I think opening that up for so many women who are going to listen to these podcasts and be able to connect and say, wait, it can be easy. It can be joyous. It can be full of love. It can be something sacred that I do for me. And it doesn't have to be another to do or another grind or another reason for me to get down on myself. Yeah. Uh, and so how do you operate through those mindset transformations um, when like women, let's say she wants to lose the 10 pounds, but she doesn't see the results within the certain amount of time that she'd helped. And now she's starting to get down and she's starting to say, well, it's not working. And I don't even know if I should continue and what's wrong with me. How are you helping to like reframe that? Mm-hmm. Well, typically one of the biggest reasons why people don't see results is because they haven't been able to unlock the consistency component of things. Mm -hmm. And so even if I can give them the perfect plan, if they're not executing on the plan, like 
they're not going to see the results. So they get frustrated, A, that they're not seeing results, but I think there's also that underlying frustration that they're not being able to follow through with it, whether they're acknowledging it or not. And so my job as a coach is to help them get mentally to a place where they want to follow through and they're not getting in their own way. Because first of all, self-sabotage is like one of the biggest things that I see both in myself and my clients, like everyone self-sabotages because staying small is comfortable and staying where you are is comfortable. And so in order to see results, like they literally need to become a different person. They literally need to change their habits, change the way they think about things, change the way that they operate in their day-to-day life. And like, that's scary. So we have resistance against making those changes. And so my job as a coach is like helping them step through that and just being brave. It's not about not having fear, but like, acknowledging the fear and saying, okay, this is here to keep me small. Interesting. Like we said on our episode, interesting that this fear is showing up, but I don't have to listen to it. Like I can honor it by acknowledging it, but I don't have to honor it by letting it hold me back. And so one of the biggest things is making sure self-sabotage is not a factor here. And then another thing is progress doesn't always look the way you think it's going to look. So if your goal, if we just decided your actual goal was to become more confident and that way you can be a better wife and mother, whatever it is, let's see if you're accomplishing that without accomplishing the way your body looks. Like, do you feel more confident? Do you have more energy? Do you take like better um, care of your kids because you're setting better um, like healthy example for them? Are you a better spouse because you're more emotionally aware and you're not lashing out at them? Like there are so many more ways to measure progress than what the scale says, what size clothes you wear. And so I'll have women who maybe they had the initial goal of losing 10 pounds, but they ended up deciding like that wasn't actually the problem at all. Like what I came to you for was not actually what I needed. And so, I mean, it's okay to shift your goal and like honor that if that's what you decide to do. But I think it's really about getting out of your own way, executing, and then being really holistic in your, in your like just picture of what progress should be because progress is not any one thing. And progress can really combine all sorts of different portions of your life. It circles back to what we talked about earlier, which is those labels. It's like we attach to what we think it's supposed to look like. Mm -hmm. And then that's where we cause suffering or we cause injury in the body or we cause stress in the mind or inflammation or any of these things that can be triggered um, by us believing that we're not doing it right. It's not, it's not showing the way it should be showing. It's not looking like how you expected it to look. And it's that mm-hmm. expectation that I find also can deter people from even getting started. Right. Um, if there's someone out there who's just wanting to get started and just feeling the call to start taking care of her body, do you have any recommendations of how she can go about it safely? Of course, like invest in yourself, invest in a coach. I would say this every time, all the time. Yeah. It, 
it is more expensive not to invest in an expert to support you and guide you and right. give you the tools and the skill and make sure everything happens for you than it is to try and do it for six, seven years on your own and struggle the whole fucking way. Yes. You regret that. Like it is <laughs> you know, like it's expensive. I'm like, no, it's more expensive not to. It's expensive right. not to do that because speaking from from experience, I now have a physical injury that is keeping me from doing a practice that I love. Right. I practice yoga because I hurt myself and I never got it taken care of and I never like invested in the coach and now I'm investing in them and I'm having to find body workers and healers and all of these things that are not covered by insurance, by the way. Right? Yeah. It's, and it would have been so much more beneficial as a young girl to really just try and invest in someone to help me and guide me and teach me. So yeah. going back to kind of that. Yeah. I mean, being able to have someone that you trust and just like surrendering to their process can be so, so helpful. And then that's another thing is like feeling frustrated that you're not making progress, having someone who is having an over like an overview and kind of like a bird's eye view of where you're at and where you're going can be very, very comforting because one, we see ourselves every single day. And so we have a really hard time of being objective with our progress, especially if it's like physical or mental, like, Oh, I don't look any different. And then I'll send my client like a progress picture. I'm like, you literally lost like 10 pounds and look like a whole different human, but you don't see it because you see your body every day. And so obviously a coach, yes, will guide you, but they also can see your progress a lot more than you can because you're too close. Like you Mm -hmm. can't see yourself the way other people see you. But as far as like just ways to get started, I say when you're looking for a coach, first of all, find someone that really aligns with your beliefs. And so if like, if you want to have a balanced lifestyle, if you want this to feel easy, if you want this to be sustainable, don't go to a coach who is a bikini competitor or has, um, you know, like the most insane physique, they're actually probably not going to be the best fit for you. Because Mm -hmm. for example, when I was a competitor, I was actually not a very good coach because I was coming from the place of, you just need to be more disciplined. You just need to push harder. You just don't want it bad enough. And so I couldn't really relate to my like lifestyle clients, my general population clients who just wanted to be healthier and like feel better in their bodies. I couldn't relate to that because I was in fitness model mode and that does not necessarily translate to the balance that people are looking for. So you shouldn't necessarily look for the person with the best physique, the best body. You should look for someone that has the philosophies that align with yours and the person that feels and acts the way you want to feel and act. And once you find them, they'll be able to give you, you know, more concrete guidelines, but you're never going to go wrong by nourishing your body, giving yourself foods that are lots of different colors, come from the earth, um, and keeping yourself feeling nourished. Like I always say, you don't have to feel like you're starving in order to lose weight. Like you don't necessarily, I mean, yes, like calorie balance and all those things scientifically matter, but for the majority of people that come to me, I tell them you don't have to eat less. You just have to eat better because once we are making better choices for our body and we're picking things that are nourishing us, we're actually more satisfied because we're giving our body like compatible fuel. Like we're putting like gasoline in a car that burns gasoline instead of like corn syrup or something. You know (laughs) what I mean? Um, And so just number one, feeling your body and eating from a place of love of like my body deserves this nourishment. My body deserves to feel 
full and taken care of. Also finding exercise that you enjoy and that is fun and you can stick to like, even if, for example, lifting weights is going to be the most effective at getting my client a certain goal. Like that doesn't mean I'm going to make them lift weights six days a week because they're probably not going to like that. They're probably not going to stick to that. So I always tell them, okay, what do you like? If they like yoga, if they like Zumba, if they like rock climbing, whatever it is, like integrate that into your routine and don't get so caught up on doing the perfect thing. Do the thing that is a celebration of your body. Do the thing that respects what your body needs and craves and do the thing that's fun and sustainable because that's what's going to make it a lifestyle. Not trying to force yourself to do the optimal way or, you know, achieve a certain um, milestone that everyone else maybe is, you know, showing you that you should do. So beautiful. I just love the idea that it can be fun and it can be a really positive experience. And I, I notated this quote that I had sent you and I have to drop it in because yeah. it's so prevalent. And I think for our listeners, it'll really tie in how important it is to have that mindset when they are approaching something like um, positively impacting their physique or doing something healthy for their physical body. So this is all about inflammation and negative thoughts actually stimulate IL-6, which is a pro-inflammatory cytokine. I think I said that right. If you're constantly in a state of judgment, fear, criticism, and like not enough syndrome, right? This could be a precursor to your physical symptoms such as weight gain, digestive issues, migraines, etc. So it's not only the diet that can produce inflammation, it can be lack of sleep, over-exercising, not feeling connected to others, and negative thinking can all trigger inflammation. And this is more like chronic negative thinking. So if you're kind of chronically stressed out and you're always like, I'm not enough, I don't have enough, I don't know how to do it, I'm so scared, I hate my body, I'm not happy, right? Like these really toxic thoughts, if those are kind of constantly ruminating in your mind, you are triggering inflammation or dis-ease in the body. And that's when we yeah. get pain, we're stiff, we can't move, things hurt, and then we're demotivated. Yeah. So it's kind of like waking up to that and then using that as a motivator to be like, okay, I'm going to do this in the right way because if I'm doing it from a place of stress, I'm inflaming my body. And then of course, I'm not going to get the results I right. want. And I mean, that's why I started as I did my own personal development journey and as I you know, built a better mindset for myself, I started incorporating that with my clients because I was like, scientifically, what I'm telling them to do is correct, but there's, they're not seeing results. Why are they not seeing results? And it's because there's a disconnect, like the way they're thinking, the way they are treating themselves, the way they are showing up in the world is not in alignment with the confidence that they want to feel, the ease they want to feel, the health that they want to feel. And so I had a big pivot and a shift in the way that I coach people once I realized how much your thoughts, your beliefs, your behaviors affect how you feel on the inside and then also how it manifests on the outside. Like you can see it on someone when they're really stressed out, right? Like their face looks different. They're puffy, like stress and negative beliefs and all of these things have such a strong physical hold on us, whether we want to believe it or not. And like, I mean, even if you're not woo-woo or into like alternative healing or whatever you want to call it, everyone knows that cortisol, which is a product of stress, it'll block fat loss. It will block energy. It will block digestion. Like we all know, even in the most science-based coaching circles, like we all know that cortisol when out of control is going to block your client's progress. And it's the same thing. Like all of these things, judge, fear, make criticism, Fearment, judge, fear, uh -huh. fear, criticism, um, negative thoughts, 
all of those are precursors to a cortisol spike. Like, so it's not that improbable that the way we think and the way we believe will impact how that man- manifests in our physical progress. Like I've even had coaches prescribe basically meditation. I've had them prescribe affirmations of like, I am healthy. I am returning back to my optimal body. I am full of energy. And so this was back when I was at my sickest, when I was feeling so lethargic all the time, so depressed, so out of touch with who I knew I was. And those affirmations, like that might've been the thing that pulled me out and like got me just enough leverage to take more action because once I believed that that was possible for myself, I started acting like it was possible. You know what I mean? And so replacing those beliefs and replacing those stories can absolutely have a profound impact on your progress or your healing, whatever your goals might be. And it's so necessary because if we look at the generalization of fitness someone could have the most banging body and be fucking sick in the head and sick in the mind yes and but it may not show on their body right we may see a beautiful physique but if they're dying inside what's the fucking point what's it all for i think it comes down to i hate the word balance because i don't feel that it can ever be achieved but i believe it's a it's a harmony a harmony of mind, body, soul, how we want to feel, how we want to act, how we want to show up in the world, um, you know, what we want to accomplish, and then having that space for if it's not exactly how we perceive it should have been, it's okay, because it's all unfolding perfectly to support us, to guide us so that, you know, we're learning the lessons that we are here to learn. Um, this has been such a beautiful conversation. I feel like we really dove into the science. We dove into the, the headspace, the mindset, the heart, all of the real factors that it takes to create the life, right? The life, the physical life that you desire, not just the body, but the right. life. So, yeah. you know, it's really like healthy on the scale, I guess is kind of the way to put it. So yeah. I always ask my guests this. It just kind of evolved. And I love this question is, what do you feel is like the main message that you're here to give to the world? Mm. Oh, this has changed so much over the last few years. And so it's always like, I think every year I kind of refresh like what my message is. And I think my biggest message is like, you are worthy of being taken care of. You are worthy of showing up for yourself and you are worthy of stepping into your next best self. Um, And just, sharing like by sharing my story I hope that I give other women permission to live their truth and you know express their self-worth and so that's kind of one of my biggest missions right now um in terms of like my brand as a whole my brand is grind and be grateful that's what my podcast is called I have like merch for that and stuff like that but um grind and be grateful is all about with hard work and the right mindset absolutely anything is possible and so both of those same things combined, like you are worthy. And if you work hard and have the right mindset, anything is possible. That's kind of all encompassing of what, what I do and who I'm about or yeah. what I'm about, who I am. What I do. <laughs> the what magnificent I do. Marie. I love yeah. it. And I will link all your information in the show notes so that everyone can follow you. If they Amazing. feel called to apply for your program. Um, I know that when I need a fitness coach, I'm coming your way, girlfriend, because yeah. I just have to heal this little injury and then I'm yours. Yeah. Um, I love everything these stand for. And I'm just so grateful that we have got to spend this day together. I know this has been awesome. Like three whole hours together. I know. Amazing. Any last words? 
I just, I love what you're doing and I think you are making personal development and healing and um, everything that comes with it, like just really approachable and safe. You know, I think this process of unlayering yourself and dealing with your shit basically can be really scary sometimes. Um, And so to have someone like holding space and just being really honest and authentic about it, I think we both do that in different ways, but I'm really grateful for what you do and grateful for being able to get in front of your people as well. Thank you guys so much for spending your time with me on the Grind and Be Grateful podcast. I'm so happy that we were able to hang out and share some good vibes today. It would mean the absolute world to me if you could take one second to share this episode with someone who you think would love it. And please leave the show or view on iTunes if you're enjoying it. Tell me what you think. Let me know what you want to hear more of. It would really help me out on my mission to educate and empower women to become their very best selves and create more content that you're going to love. Thank you again for listening and supporting the show. And until next time, don't forget to grind and be grateful, my friends.